Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're looking at Joshua chapter 12. We've concluded the conquest of the land of Canaan and now have come into uh, the chapter where we are reviewing the kings that were defeated by Israel and by Joshua as we prepare for the division of the land, which will start in chapter 13. So chapter 12, I'm going to read the first six verses and then pray for our time together. Joshua chapter 12 and verse 1. Now these are the kings of the land whom the sons of Israel defeated and whose land they possessed beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise from the valley of the Arnon as far as Mount Hermon and all the Arabah to the east. Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon and ruled over Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, both in the middle of the valley and half of Gilead, even as far as the brook Jabbok, the border of the sons of Ammon, and the Arabah as far as the Sea of Canarot, uh, toward the east, and as far as the Sea of the Arabah, even the Salt Sea, eastward toward Bet Jeshemoth, and on the south, at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah, and the territory of Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of Rephaim, who lived at Ashtarot at Edre, and ruled over Mount Hermon and Selica and all Bashan as far as the border of the Geshurites and the Machathites, and half of Gilead as far as the border of Sihon, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the sons of Israel defeated them, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh as a possession. Lord, we thank you for uh, this chapter, which reviews some of the information that we've already discussed, but presents it in a way so as to continue to show the faithfulness uh, uh, with which you dealt with Israel. And we thank you for that faithfulness and for your continued faithfulness to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the first six verses of this chapter, what we have is the recording of kings that Joshua and the people of Israel defeated. Really, this is still under the leadership of Moses while they were in the Transjordan. That is considered the first part of the conquest, even though we don't have it in, uh, given in the book of Joshua properly. It's given for us uh, in the books of uh, uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, that, which talk about the conquest of the Transjordan. So in the first six verses, there are really only two kings listed, uh, Og, the king of Bashan, and Sihon, the king of Heshbon. These were two kings living in the Transjordan we've talked about before that were defeated uh, under the leadership of Moses and uh, as verse 6 says here, Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the sons of Israel defeated them. Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it to the Reubenites, 
and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh as a possession. So before the conquest of Canaan had ever occurred properly, two and a half of the tribes had received their inheritance. They were to dwell on the eastern side of the Jordan River, Reuben, Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. So we've heard about that all along, but of course the fighting warriors were to go with the rest of the army of Israel into the land of Canaan, and they would spend six or seven years with them conquering the land. And uh, so these two kings are the first kings conquered in the conquest of Canaan. Now in verses 7 and following, we are given the lists of the other kings uh, in the land of Canaan properly that Joshua and the people of Israel have conquered over. So this is really a review somewhat for us of information that we've been given from Joshua chapter 6 through chapter 11. Uh, and you'll hear many of these names that are very familiar from some of these campaigns. Remember, just to review for a moment, the people of Israel enter into the land of Canaan somewhat in the middle of the land. So we begin with a central campaign, a central military campaign against the cities of Jericho, of Ai, and then the people of Gibeon and the cities of the Gibeonites, uh, make an alliance with the people of Israel. Then we have a southern campaign, and you'll remember from chapter 10, there are five kings that come together in a southern coalition and attack Gibeon because they've allied themselves with Israel. Uh, Joshua and Israel come up to assist Gibeon and fight against the southern coalition, and the Lord allows them to take the southern arena very rapidly. Then we have essentially the same thing happening in the north. There's a northern coalition centered around the city of Hatzor, and the king of Hatzor is sort of behind all of this. He gathers all of the people in the north to him, and they attack uh, the people of Israel. And this is in Joshua chapter 11. And then as a result of uh, the outcome of this battle, Israel is able to conquer the northern arena. So we've got a central campaign, a southern campaign, and then a northern campaign in the land of Israel. Now, starting in verse 7 of chapter 12, we read the review of this. Now, these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the sons of Israel defeated beyond the Jordan toward the west from Baal God in the valley of Lebanon, even as far as Mount Halak, which rises toward Seir. And Joshua gave it uh, to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions in the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah, in the, on the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the Negev, the Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jebusite. So here is the list starting in verse 9 and continuing on of the kings which Joshua and the people of Israel defeated. So they're going to list each of these kings and record that there is one king that they have defeated at each of these locations. So the king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. Now remember, the king of Jerusalem, they don't conquer the city of Jerusalem. Uh, it's not even called Jerusalem yet. It's called Jebus, 
from the, for the Jebusites that dwell there. But the king of Jerusalem comes out as part of that five-king coalition, and so they're able to defeat him even though they don't take the city at that time. So the king of Jerusalem won, the king of Hebron won, the king of Jarmut won, the king of Lachish won, the king of Eglon won. Okay, those are the five kings in the southern coalition. Now we're also given some additional cities in the south that the people of Israel conquered and their kings were defeated. The king of Gezer won, the king of Debir won, the king of Geder won, the king of Horma won, the king of Arad won. Arad is uh, one of the most southern sites in the land down in the southern area called the Negev. The king of Libna won, the king of Adullam won, the king of Makeda won. Remember, Makeda was the cave where these five kings in the southern coalition hid out, and ultimately Joshua trapped them in the cave, and then when they were done conquering the south, they brought them out and defeated them. Now listen, from here, from Makeda, we're moving back up into the central arena somewhat. The next city that's spoken of is Bethel, the king of Bethel won. Bethel is near the city of Ai. So we're back up in the central arena, moving up toward the north. The king of Tapua won. The king of Hefer won. The king of Aphak won. The king of Larshaon won. The king of Madon won. And now we have uh, come all the way up into the northern arena in verse 19, the king of Hatzor won. Remember, the king of Hatzor is the organizer of the northern coalition against Israel. And so he's the instigator of that northern campaign. The king of Shimron Meron won. The king of Akshap won. The king of Ta'anak won. The king of Megiddo won. The king of Kadesh won. The king of Jokneam and Carmel won. This would have been in the Mount Carmel mountain range along the uh, western coast to the Mediterranean. The king of Dor in the heights of Dor won. The king of Goyim and Gilgal won. The king of Tirzah won. In all, 31 kings. So he lists out, the author of the book of Joshua lists out these kings, lists them out geographically according to the military campaigns, starting in the central arena, then into the southern arena, and finally into the northern arena. So it's both geographical and chronological. It follows the time pattern of where they went according to what time, and all of these conquests took them a total of about six and a half to seven years. Now, just making some additional comments here, why would the author of the book of Joshua include a chapter reviewing what kings were destroyed by Joshua and the people of Israel at this time? Well, I think he does it for several reasons. First of all, we can say that this is a historical record of what happened in the conquest at this time. But not only that, they're recording this history because as we're going to see in the following chapters, Joshua conquered these cities for the sons of Israel with the help of the army of Israel. Really, it's the Lord conquering the land at the end of the day. But many of these cities, such as the city of Hatzor, would, would not necessarily continue to be held by the people of Israel. 
Uh, Hazor in particular would be overrun by Canaanites again very quickly so that in the period of the judges, uh, the people of Israel would begin to battle again with the Canaanites in some of these territories. So we're given this as a record that Joshua and the people of Israel did come through, did possess the land, did conquer all of these locations and drive the people out from these locations, but also uh, as testimony to what would happen in, in the future days after these events, uh, that many of these sites would not continue to be taken and held. It's also important because in the following chapters, we're going to have the division of the land. Now, I want to introduce the land division uh, at this point, and then we will dive into it in our coming sessions. Sometimes we tend to read Joshua chapters 13 through 19 and 20 as uh, not all that exciting. There are lists of names, place names, locations, uh, tribes, and groups of people. And to us, it just seems like names on a page without much uh, reference, without much excitement. But what I want to try to communicate as we go through the division of the land is that for the people of Israel, this was the fulfillment of God's promise to them. 400 years of anticipation, actually over 400 years, because we're going back to the time of Abraham, not just the time where Israel was in Egypt and then brought out of Egypt, but even before, back into the time of the patriarchs. So really, we're at about 550 or 600 years of God promising to this people group, the family of Abraham, that he would bring them into the land of Canaan and give it to them as their inheritance, as their possession. Abraham himself did not possess the land. He was a nomad. He went back and forth between Canaan and Egypt and other areas all the days of his life. He owned one piece of territory where he was able to bury his wife. Uh, so this is very exciting now for the people of Israel in that God is giving to them this land, bringing them in, and for them it would have been like winning the lottery now to receive their inheritance, and we will continue to read and learn about God's faithfulness in accomplishing his promises through the division of the land in coming sessions. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.